listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? All is well. I can't complain. You? I'm doing great. Thanks. Nice. And and look, uh, you know, I, I feel like we almost need to have a bit of a disclaimer at the beginning of today's show. Because, I mean, it, it, it's uh, it's one thing that HubSpot's done very well, is that they've basically owned the world of inbound and the term inbound. And it's awfully difficult to have a conversation with somebody who's like all in on inbound and all in on HubSpot when the words don't kind of get used interchangeably. So I'm just going to offer it up that if this sounds like a HubSpot ad at any point, I assure you it isn't. We're not being paid uh, <laughs> by Brian and Darmesh to uh, chat about HubSpot in any way. Um, uh, but, I, you know, it is, uh, I think it, it, today's conversation is really interesting to me because, um, you know, I think so many manufacturers find themselves you know, moving from a path of basically very bottom of funnel conversion focus and then into a world of uh, inbound, uh, harnessing the inbound lead potential of their digital presence. Um, and and it's just, uh, it's still uncharted territory for a lot. So I think today's guest will offer a lot of insight. For sure. And I mean, it is certainly, you know, it's a, it's a platform we're very familiar with. Um, which is why some people might think that this is a bit of a HubSpot ad, <laughs> just given that we've been with the uh, with HubSpot for quite a long time. But uh, you know, we are certainly very agnostic towards platforms and uh, and see value in all of them. But um, our next guest has truly kind of brought HubSpot to the organization writ large, not just uh, you know marketing and sales where some might expect to find it. Yeah, let's get going. Yeah, indeed. So joining us today is Yaz Krajalik. Yaz is the VP of Marketing at Trenton Systems. Welcome to the Cooler Ring. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff and Carmen. Glad to be here with you all. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And how did Jeff do on the pronunciation of a last name, actually? <laughs> I would say 90% success rate. Perfect. 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 I'll take it. <laughs> it's better than I did in high school. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you really stole my line there. Uh, a terrible <laughs> high school student. It's like, things got better as university went on, but nevertheless. Um, well, look, yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Let's um, uh, let's get a start off by getting an introduction to you and and uh, the organization more broadly, because Trenton makes some really cool stuff that I could probably geek out on, geek out about just uh, for the next half hour. So maybe uh, get some uh, get some of that groundwork laid. Yeah, of course, be happy to. So I'm Yaz Kurjalic, uh, VP of Marketing, as mentioned before, Trenton Systems, and so I am in charge of all things marketing at Trenton Systems, and also. I get into kind of the business development, sales, and support side as well. And on support, you also tend to branch out into a little bit of engineering. So I will not get into the tech specs, I promise. I do not know that much about it. I will just stay at the 50,000 uh, level view if I can. Uh, but Trenton Systems, we do make some cool products. Um, we specialize in developing, designing, manufacturing the high-performance computing solutions for the military, industrial, and commercial sectors, and mainly focused on the military first and then industrial second. And what that entails is 
I say we work, you'll find our computers really on anything from theme park rides, um, some of the big names that you're familiar with that I cannot mention. And then of course, some of the military vehicles that I can also not mention at the moment, but uh, we power a lot of these critical applications around the globe. And we make these high performance computers in various form factors, shapes and sizes that can withstand the harsh environments that they are placed in. So it is not your everyday computer. These systems are designed to serve a purpose. And um, American made. So there's that kind of security uh, aspect. Correct. Yes. So it, as far as the security, I'm sure you've read the news recently. It seems to be that there's a hack almost every week or every other week. Uh, most recently in uh, the state that we are in, which is Georgia, uh, the pipeline was hacked. So we've almost had the eastern coast of the U.S., uh, as far as the gas pipeline shot down for a bit. And so it's these things that we are preventing from happening with the U.S. design manufacture process, meaning we put in a lot of cybersecurity efforts from a holistic approach. That's hardware, software, firmware, and anything kind of outside of that scope, including the environment, which is you start talking about counterfeit parts protection programs that we have in place, strict revision control, end of life notices. Uh, we do surveys for our suppliers to ensure that we are sourcing components from trusted sources. So it, a lot of these things are at play to then when you go and visit our website and look at this product, it's just a final product that any customer that is depending on running a critical application can purchase with that trust already built into this machine that it will prevent from uh, unauthorized access to being an issue later down the road. That's really cool. And um, man, are you making a, a right product at the right time? Too? Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. So it, it seems like that the stars and the planets and the moon and everything is aligning in our favor. But we've really been saying the same exact message for years. Uh, we've been in business since uh, the late 80s, so a little over three decades right now. And we're the only U.S. board manufacturer that still manufactures their boards in-house. Uh, right here in Atlanta, Georgia. So we have mechanical software and electrical engineering all under one roof. And so now with that engineering team, you have the support team here as well. So they work shoulder to shoulder with the same engineers who have literally whiteboarded this design and then put it into kind of an actual product. And it's here and it then goes to the customer, leaves our facility and we get the supported there on out. And that's why kind of we boast about our life cycle. The industry average is three to five years. For us, it's just north of 11 years. So it, it really speaks for itself. That is really cool. I, I have to imagine, too, with that, you know, with local production or, uh, you know, made in the USA production and manufacturing and, uh, you know, having your support team kind of co-located with, with those, uh, those engineers, you know, that that really is. And I think there's a, there's an awful lot of people that don't necessarily know that that HubSpot kind of plays into that support side 
of uh, of the equation as well you know so let, let's let's come back to that but maybe start at how you've uh, how you've implemented it and where you started with the with the platform and then how it's helped to enable all of these different components of the business and our listeners should know that Yaz is a self-described HubSpot fanatic on his LinkedIn profile <laughs> and uh, wears this methodology as a bit of a badge so uh, you know it, now 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 he needs to uh, explain why First, I'll say I do bleed orange, so that would be my HubSpot little tagline. I am a HubSpot fanatic, and, and I say that honestly, and I think in the beginning we've said we're not getting paid for this. Um, I'm actually paying HubSpot to use their services, So, um, but I say this with pride because it truly has infused into every department and every process within our business. And the way I implemented it to answer your question, Jeff, is when we first started, we really needed something to upgrade the company digitally, if you will. We needed a platform that understands the pain points, but adds zero complexity to that process of changing CRMs. And as we all know, if you've been part of a CRM switch, data will get lost data will get misused, data will be somehow translated incorrectly, and then you spend months on end thereafter trying to uh, dedupe and clear the data. And so HubSpot really what stood out, the, the how easy it is to use right out the box, it, it truly just made a gigantic impact on marketing, but it also had almost immediate sales buy-in. And we really started from the ground floor. We said, we don't have this capability that HubSpot brings. And so let's, let's use that. And this inbound methodology was foreign at the time at Trenton Systems. And we said, let's also change our process the way we think about sales as well. And not only inbound sales, but inbound marketing, inbound everything. And I always like to say we finally took us a couple of months to learn, to study, to train, but we finally got inbounded. And it made such a huge impact to where prior to HubSpot and prior to my arrival here at Trenton Systems, it was known as the marketing team and the sales team and then the support team, just like many other companies. Now we consider ourselves this marketing team. And now that we have support and, an en and engineering buy-in, we're starting to hashtag this new term called smarketeering. And so we call ourselves the three smarketeers <laughs> between the three departments. And it's really anybody that jumps on HubSpot, it's like you're expecting this learning curve, but there is none. And that that's I, I, hopefully that answers your question. So we started from the ground up and we've started at marketing and expanded into the other departments. And that has been much the evolution of the platform itself. I think they've, uh, it's interesting that they've now kind of, I think they started, they're starting to see themselves a bit more as a CRM centric uh, platform versus uh, marketing, which for those of us who have been around it for a while, that's going to be a bit of a reorientation. It kind of makes sense though. I mean, it always really was about the contact record, you know, starting from there as a base. And, and now I, I think, you know, the, the one thing the CRM focus allows them to do is to get more of an account focus on that and kind of bring, 
you know, so it's not just personas anymore. And I, I think they, they've seen the writing on the wall about account, uh, account focus within a lot of organizations. The move to CRM is there. Exactly. And I don't think they ever set out to be, uh, you know, direct competitor with some of these larger CRM platforms. But naturally, as you alluded to, Jeff, it, it almost was a requirement. The moment they released the marketing hub, it said, well, it makes sense that sales joins in too. And then before you know it, well, it makes sense that support joins in too. Well, it makes sense to have, you know, ABM. It makes sense to have custom objects. And all of a sudden, just within the last four years, HubSpot, the actual platform has changed and evolved so much that it's no longer just that marketing tool. It is truly a full-fledged CRM that started in marketing, which I think adds a lot of the bonuses that a lot of the HubSpot customers appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I you, yeah. The fact that it started from a marketing perspective in some way, uh, you can't uh, that pickle can't be a, a cucumber again. It's gonna. Uh, it, it'll always kind of in some ways uh, that marketing kind of DNA persists, which is, I think, something a lot of, like you say, people appreciate as they begin using the tool, particularly from the marketing side. I'm curious. Um, uh, you, you've spoke about how it, it really helped bring the, 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 the various aspects of the organization together, these three departments, and even bringing engineering into that. Uh, and the tool has been a bit of the catalyst for it. Have, have those uh, have you seen a, a bit of a unification of uh, the organizational uh, KPIs between those departments now? Are you being measured more cohesively or collectively versus individually? Has any of that uh, evolved? It has. Oh, it has evolved by by a large margin. And I say that in a sense of the KPIs used to be split between the departments and they used to be it's pretty much a brick wall in between the two. And now with what I consider inbounds, one of the key uh, benefits of being inbounded is to create these roles or processes that bridge the gap between departments. And I think that's key to take away here for anybody thinking about inbound and HubSpot is if you have you know, this line between departments, and you want to delineate that inbound naturally pushes you in that direction because you have interdependencies between individuals at the company. And just to answer your question directly for Trenton Systems, that's exactly what it has done, even to such a level as our KPIs. Because marketing, we have our KPIs for, let's say, we're looking at click-through rates, open rates, you name it. But those have to translate to subscribers. Those have to translate to the different lifecycle stages. And then eventually you're going to butt up against an SQL or an opportunity. And that information that you have worked on up until that point, the sales team depends on that. And so you having that natural organic handoff, you immediately create this unified approach, this unified KPI I have buy-in into what happens to the contact that I nurtured until, until that point. And I am hand in hand with sales to make sure it goes all the way to closed one. And then what happens after closed one? Now you have marketing and sales holding hands already, going to the support team saying, all right, come on, grab my hand, we're in this together. 
we want to make sure that this customer journey is constantly looked at and constantly optimized and improved so that attract you know convert close and the light phase that that's really what we're all about here and when it gets to the light that it doesn't end simply because you have a po at the end of the day it, it's really almost where it begins for us now it's making sure that the customer is delighted even after that you know visitor to conversion to po we want to ensure that they are taken care of and then being brought back into the loop whether through a referral from that contact or they may be on another program or project are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T slash sample ABM. You mentioned that, uh, you know, you didn't even really have to sell the sales team on this, that they were all in from the very beginning. I mean, this, this is not common um, in, in many organizations. You know, there, there's often resistance to adoption of new technology within a sales force, especially, um, you know, especially more outside type sales forces. But uh do you have any any thoughts or tips for people who are, you know, marketing organizations that are looking to get more buy-in from the sales team in order to kind of bring them into the fold and start to see themselves as a, you know, more of a synchronized swim than a than a medley relay? Yes, I do. And, and you know, I, I may have uh, oversold it a little bit. Yes, there was some pushback. Uh, and but it was immediate. It was almost that default answer by anybody expecting to you know go through a ton of change and changing crms again i cannot stress it enough if anybody's been through it it's a large undertaking but those headaches were removed with hubspot usually when when you have that pushback of why are we changing you know fine this tool works just fine and we may not be utilizing it correctly but that's not your role we're sales you're marketing when you go from that perspective into this tool that you can then demo easily and say this is how you do it and let them kind of test it themselves and see just how easy it is i think most of that pushback from sales is i have to learn a new tool and there's going to be a learning curve but with hubspot it's almost like well how would i create a new contact I'm assuming I click on that orange button that says create contact, done. Well, how in the world would I submit a quote? I'm assuming I would go to this thing that says quote and create quote. So it's just very intuitive. And when you onboard them in that way, and then you provide this support that most sales teams are not used to from a marketing perspective, you, you almost have that authentic buy-in. It, it happens and it becomes, I depend on you to help me grow my customer pipeline. And then you it's like that inbound methodology at work immediately. You have immediate buy-in, you have immediate depending on one another, and you have immediate teamwork that now you just went from sales versus marketing to marketing without you even knowing it. I uh, I tend to agree that I think that the um, 
one of the things that HubSpot's done fairly well is they've yes, the platform is fairly easy to use. And the other thing is that there's a number of the kind of uh, sales enablement tools, even uh, you know email open tracking and things of that sort that you know are are almost like little gateway drugs into the platform for a sales or a sales guy or girl, right? The salespeople love some of the, that functionality if it integrates within their existing. Uh, email platform and digital environment otherwise it's really easy to take advantage of it um so i think i agree with you there's a there's a technical change management that in some way is reduced one of the i think the changes that is sometimes underestimated i've found is the change in how you have to sell to people when you're becoming aware of them much sooner you know, often when a sales organization is only receiving leads that somebody's typing in on a contact us forum, you know, please yep. have sales call me. Well, that's pretty easy. But, you know, when a salesperson is asked to um, maybe begin to engage with an MQL, um, they, you know, it's a different uh, kind of sensibility often. I guess, was there, did you notice any shifts there? Was it a, um, were there any kind of was it a significant lift for the sales organization to get used to these new types of leads that weren't maybe as bottom of funnel as they were used to, but there were more of them? Yes, and of course, I, I, it's uh, interesting you use bottom of the funnel. At, you know, HubSpot focuses on the flywheel, and it's all about momentum, and it's no longer the funnel, and you know, it, it's about consistently adding new ways and new innovations to this flywheel to keep the momentum spinning and your company is at the center of it. And you're absolutely right. Sales team did. It, it took some time to get used to this new system of, I have to be aware of what marketing is doing, what they are releasing, what they are posting, what resources I could use to send to this potential customer that you're right, maybe an MQL. It is no longer a an opportunity that's already, like you said, through a contact us form that says, I would like to buy product A quantity 10 at this price range. Can you send me a quote? In a perfect world, that would be great. But some, especially in our industry right now, our sales cycles are well over a year on average. And so it takes a long time for you to nurture this contact. And how do you stay relevant for an entire year? knowing that your competition is constantly pinging that potential customer and trying to pry them out of your hands. It's really inbound. And for me, inbound truly means the absolute way of doing customer service. It really boils down to that. I've said Darmesh and Brian have figured out a way how to take customer service, turn it into a tool, and then build a culture around it. It really is a customer-centric methodology at its core. And yes, it takes some changing on the sales part to get used to that way of selling. But once you get to that level, it's really difficult to go back because you now realize it. Everywhere I go, I'm currently looking to buy a car. Perfect example, car salesman. I walk onto a lot and you get that immediate, what are you looking to buy? How, when are you looking to buy it? And it's like, oh my God, goodness gracious. You never even asked me a question about why I'm looking at this specific vehicle and to learn about my needs and wants and desires and to offer different things that I may not have even thought about. And so again, it's about that customer experience. 
the moment somebody gets it, that's the first thing that I think of. Like, yep, they get the inbound way. And, and for sales, it's definitely a shift, but not only for sales, marketing as well. Yeah, I think that's... Um... Uh, and I uh, I appreciate that the HubSpot shift from funnel to flywheel. I, I could take a couple pot shots at the flywheel methodology. I think in some ways that's just more of a graphic design exercise. But uh, <laughs> I think, the, I think the, and, and I've taken uh, my fair share of uh, pot shots at the funnel as well because I think in you know in, in some ways if you're taking uh, a, an account based approach, um, it's not about weeding people out at different stages of a funnel. It's understanding that that person can buy from you. They may not be in market today, but it doesn't mean you ignore them. Um, right. And sometimes yep. I think that funnel thinking kind of almost suggests that, you know, there's more at the top than at the bottom. So you're taking people out, right? Yeah, um, I can definitely agree with that. It, it may be a graphics, you know, <laughs> graphic design team involved into saying, make the funnel look different and then we will think different. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it, you may be right. Uh, I mean, some of it you can say they are very similar, but it's just once you say that to somebody to say it's a constantly spinning wheel, that means you never stop. Yeah, that's a it's a useful mental model that way. I see your point. Right. I mean, sales. You know, they get excited twice when they get the quote, when they send the quote, and when they get the PO. And so how do you get them to be excited the whole time? Well, you take the funnel and you say, it's a wheel. And <laughs> it's spinning, so you need to keep spinning as well. So it, you may you may have a point there, but I think that the theory behind the wheel is still, it's always about engaging with the customer, never yeah. letting go. We, we used to have a, a hashtag here in our company. Anytime we start talking to them, I recently had an example where they reached out seven months after we've sent something. And they said, hey, I meant to talk about this email. And we always, you know, between each other, we say, hashtag, never let go. This is why. Because they're constantly seeing the emails. They may say, oh, I was on a project. It took me forever. I'm finally coming up for some air and I keep seeing your emails. Hey, by the way, how's that doing? And so it, it's just a different way of thinking. And it's a, what's interesting, too, is, of course, that delay in the sales process or you know the start and stop or or i'm interested i'm doing some research and then i i pause for whatever reason that's kind of always been there but we didn't see it because yeah. that part of that sales process was dark of course you know yep. but now that you're getting that conversion very much earlier on in the process uh, that's one thing I always find fascinating about the methodology. You're just, I, I think you're just turning a light on in some rooms uh, of the sales process that you didn't get to look in before. You didn't know how people were thinking. And um, so some people are like, oh, my goodness, their sales cycles are getting longer. Sometimes I wonder if what they really mean is we see more of the sales cycle. <laughs> yes. No, you're up. And the other thing is, like, you know, when before inbound and before this became a thing, the top salespeople at an organization had this process where they were doing things that others were not. And I feel like inbound took all that secret sauce and said, we're going to share it with everybody. Not saying that it's easy, but at least we're going to give you a process to get there. And inbound, in my humble opinion, it's that bridge to getting to be that top salesperson, to be that top marketer, to be the top support member. And it always boils down to caring about the customer and doing kind of that team collaborative effort to make sure that they are 
always taken care of and that unified approach between an organization and kind of tearing down those walls between departments is really what what it does well you've mentioned uh, previously that you know a significant portion of trenton is using hubspot i think more than half of uh, if my notes mm -hmm. are to be believed but uh, is there any part of the organization that you think um either could benefit from HubSpot, but isn't isn't using it yet? Or is there anywhere within the organization that you think HubSpot would not be a fit? Got it, no, and a great question. I ask myself that question every time. Again, being the HubSpot fanatic here, I'm always trying to ask about what processes are outside of my department, just to see if HubSpot can help. And the reason I do that is also to, again, have insight into what other team members are doing within the organization. I feel like the moment they are in HubSpot, it's like they're on everybody's radar and it helps everyone. They get to see what we're doing. We get to see what they're doing and we get to help each other out. Um, where HubSpot could be used uh, inside our organization, uh, I would think we have a quality department as well that would be another arena so operations quality getting into it um, would be an arena that would benefit we're slowly and surely getting some of the quality assurance engineers into hubspot and then kind of getting uh, major buy-in and as far as where um i guess where hubspot would not make sense yet i will bold and underline that term yet um would be production so meaning the product hubspot has a product tool but for uh for a manufacturer such as trenton systems it's we're in such a niche category and industry that the way we look at our products isn't default for everybody else and so the customization capabilities are still uh, I would say geared towards the everyday manufacturer, everyday B2C, B2B company. Uh, if you have any sort of customizations within that realm, that's where I would say HubSpot is still uh, catching up. But talking to HubSpot almost on a weekly basis, I know they're already working on something. So, and it's not a secret. Uh, I think they've shared this publicly. Uh, and, and so they're constantly updating, upgrading, improving, and expanding on their capabilities. They've recently uh, announced the custom objects, which was a game changer for us. And so it, it, I know within a year or two, HubSpot, it, where I see them going is really the one-stop shop for everything B2B, B2C. I think it, we're talking way past CRM capabilities. I really like the notion that being a HubSpot ambassador within Trenton Systems has actually enabled you to see and shine lights into areas of the organization that you previously never would have understood or never would have asked questions about because you're looking for opportunities to operationalize a platform, you know, and, and truly, you know, gain an understanding of the entire organization. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I it has enabled me to really be involved and it may be a little weird for a you know director of engineering or quality assurance director 
to get an email from the marketing guy to say, hey, what do you do on a daily day, kind of a day-to-day basis? I think HubSpot may be able to help. And you have that pushback that we've already discussed, but the moment they see the wealth of information that's already stored in HubSpot from all the other departments that they have a dependency with, that's exactly that aha moment. And that's what I'm looking for. And the moment they are in HubSpot, as I've said, it's only a benefit to the company and to that department as well. Yes, this has been a fantastic uh, conversation. I really thank you for for sharing your experience with us. I've uh, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, likewise. This this is great. Uh, Anytime you have me talking about HubSpot, uh, yeah. I'll definitely sign up. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we, we need to. Maybe we'll have to send the send those guys a bill after this. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, uh, thank you so much. It's been been a pleasure. Of course. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com/slash/thecoolerring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.